It's just after 8 o'clock in the big city. It's time for America's favorite Las Vegas sports show, Sports X Radio with Ken Thompson. <laughs> yeah. What up? Party's going on. Duh. Going to a party. Sports X Radio with Ken Thompson is brought to you by Hannah Shea Boyle and Rappaputi. Trial lawyers that get results. Visit PSBRLaw.com. Steiner's Pub, a true Nevada-style pub with three locations. One on Cheyenne, one on Buffalo, and one on the south end of the Strip. Steiner's Pub. We love this place. Preventative Diagnostic Center. Book your non-invasive scan today for peace of mind. Visit pdcenterlv.com. Rob Ritchie, Farmers Insurance, 702-335-5744. 702-335-5744. Laborers Union 872, the builders of Allegiant Stadium and the Las Vegas Ballpark, home of the Aviators. Promodirect.com. Use K-10 for a 10% discount on your promotion items order. Promodirect.com. And by William Hill Racing Sportsbook, America's leading racing sportsbook. Visit WilliamHill.us. So get ready, because Sports X Radio with Ken Thompson starts now. Now. Uh, KT on a throwback Thursday, live PSBR Law Studios here in Las Vegas, SportsX Radio, Monday through Friday, 8 to 10 p.m. On the left coast, PSBR Law Studios, Mondays, Tuesdays, Thursdays, and Fridays, of course, Wednesday, last night, Steiner's Pub, 1750 North Buffalo, stopped in the 8168 Las Vegas Boulevard South location at Windmill today, got to see Manny and uh, hang out a little bit there, and love that location, it's a little closer to my home over in Henderson. And uh, 8410 West Cheyenne, that's the original, now in their 25th year. But all three Steiner's Pub locations, 24 hours a day, and they are top of the line. PSBR Law Studios, though, Mondays, Tuesdays, Thursdays, and Fridays. And, of course, Panache, Boyle, Ravaputi, the best in personal injury law, Southern Cal for a long time. And here in the Vegas Valley, now year number four, strength by your side. The relentless pursuit of justice is PSBR Law. Jot the number down. You may not need it now, but in the future, if you do need personal injury attorneys, they are the best in the business. 702, you got that down for the area code 830-9353, 830-9353, Ken Thompson, without Andy Isco right now, not that Isco wasn't with me because we had our pre-show meal and uh, met Ragusa and uh, Andy Isco, uh, the quartet, hanging out again, uh, watching a little NBA draft, watching the College World Series, which worked out nicely. So we know who's there. It's going to be a battle of SEC teams. And uh, made Ragusa a happy camper with his LSU Tigers getting a two-run homer from Tommy White. So not only does the guy put up great structures here in the Vegas Valley, Allegiant Stadium, the Las Vegas ballpark there, home of the Aviators, but Tommy White, who would have thunk it? Who knew the guy still had eligibility and comes up big with a two-run jack in the bottom of the 11th, and LSU wins it 2 nothing. Great game over the number one team in the country pretty much all year, the Wake Forest team and Deacons. They were shell-shocked. But LSU, they will take on Florida now, best two out of three, and I believe that starts up on Saturday. So uh, congratulations to the Bayou Bengals. It is a big night in the NBA and, of course, uh, you know a lot of these college kids. And then there's some that, of course, played in the G League. 
and not a lot of us familiarized with the G League, although we have a pretty good team right here, Henderson, uh, the Ignite. And one of their guys goes number three overall to the Portland Trailblazers. So we'll get into that. Uh, round number two, I just asked Marco because, you know, it's after 11 o'clock back in Brooklyn, Barclays Center, where this whole thing's taking place. And I'm thinking, oh, round two has got to be tomorrow. It's already after 11. And Marco's, no, KT, they're finishing up round one, and then they're going to be ready for round two. So uh, we'll keep an eye on it. As uh, C-Wins Pistons have that first pick, number 31 in that second round. Last I saw, they were at number 29 with the Indiana Pacers on the clock. That's a trade they made and uh, got that pick from Boston and the L.A. Clippers uh, from Milwaukee via Houston, one of those deals, and the Clippers will get the last pick in the first round. But no surprise, Victor Wembanyama goes number one overall to the San Antonio Spurs. We'll get into the other picks as well. Brandon Miller from Alabama, number two, goes to Charlotte. And then Scoot Henderson from the G League Ignite going to the Portland Trailblazers to team up there with Dame Lillard. Lillard and uh, then, of course, one of my favorite 80s groups back in the day. The old Thompson twins went four and five. Amen Thompson from the overtime elite. He goes to the Houston Rockets and the Detroit Pistons. Sea wins Pistons get Osser Thompson. And also from the overtime elite. So the Thompson Twins go numbers four and five. And we'll get into the other picks first round. Hoekster, of course, not a happy camper. His Sixers didn't have anybody to grab in the rounds one or two. KT, Knicks, nothing. So, you know, par for the course with the old Knickerbockers. you got to look at that roster and goes, well, are we good enough? Well, we weren't good enough this year. So I don't see things getting any easier. And uh, we'll wait and see how things pan out. You still have... Plenty of free agents on the board, and you got to you know jockey for position, salary cap wise. But we'll see how things pan out. Mark Hoke, you've been taking in this whole thing and uh, some glitz, some glamour, some of the uh, outfits. I mean, Grady Dick, forget about it. The guy, oh, all geez. he needs, all he needs is like you know some some tap shoes and and uh, top hat, and he's ready to roll. Well, he was paying owed to uh, Dorothy in Kansas, yeah, and that sparkling red. I, I what did he say? Was it Dior or something like that? Yeah, yeah he, he came decked out. That he did. Yeah, he needs to click his heels three times and head back to Kansas with that out. Well, he's going to Toronto. So. Oh, there you go, north of the border. Yeah, so he was wearing red. There you go. Good for him. Well, yeah, I'm sure he'll, uh, he'll make, not- make, make some good coin. I mean, he's a pretty good player. I mean, uh, we'll get into some of these guys. Some of the guys I don't know. I mean, I didn't follow uh, some of the guys overseas. Now, Wambanyama, of course, we saw highlights on him and – uh, but never really took in a game. I don't know anybody that's really taken in a full game outside of scouts and you know people that maybe follow the NBA for a living. But even you know Mikey Domagala, who you know works inside NBA Buzz, he didn't uh, see a game that Wembenyama played. I did see you know bits and pieces. How about you? Did you take in any Wembenyama action? I, I did not, Ken. But I you know I've seen highlights of the guy, and you know if if he is everything they say he is, he's going to be a generational player. I mean, this kid's seven four can. Do it all on the court. You know, the one thing the one thing that I would if I were San Antonio is that I would definitely be monitor really keeping an eye, having training staff keep an eye on his knees, his feet, you know, hips and and make sure that as because he, he's a young kid and as he grows, you know, you don't want to have somebody like that turn out to go down the Greg Oden road as, as an grows. example. Seven foot five or whatever he is as he grows. Well, he's still, but he's well, he's going to grow into his body though, Ken. Right. I mean, you know, he's going to put would, muscle on think, his frame. You would think. I mean, there's some of these slender guys like Ralph Sampson. He never really got, you know, to where he was thick at all. I mean, seven foot four, 
he had some muscle, didn't have a lot of body fat, but really never, you know, not not a lot of bulk at all. Yeah, but you you know, training methods today are a little bit different from back then. So, yeah, you got to. That's a kid you got to. You know, you you really want to keep an eye on that. You know, I went through with as a Sixer fan with Joel Embiid. You know, with the the foot issues and the knee issues, as you know, he was starting to fill out his body a little bit more and grow. And you know, it took a little while for him to get past those problems and become the player that he is. So total different body type though with with Embiid. I well, mean, but I'm but I'm just see the thickness. And and the potential of that guy filling out, and he's a muscular specimen. Yeah, but it's just any anybody that's tall like that, and you know, doing professional wrestling stuff too, you know, see a a lot of, you know, the the bigger guys down the road have trouble with things like that. So just gotta, you know, I would keep an eye on him, make sure that nothing's going on. So. All right, so C Win letting me know with that twenty ninth pick there, Indiana, they were on the clock with that twenty ninth pick, and that is their second pick in the first round, but Julian Strother. Gonzaga, well, but the Vegas kid, well, and uh, and that trade kind of cool. He went to Denver, by the way. Oh, that, he's traded, so he traded traded him right to away. Denver, so wow, that's a nice pickup for Denver. Not bad. Yeah. Meanwhile, uh, yeah, there are some solid players that have gone. There's some surprises too. I mean, there's some people I'm sure that are sitting around that green room. So close. I mean, I'm like, if I knew I'm a potential mid round, first round guy, I don't know if I want to go to the green room because if I don't get picked. Then it just, I don't know, they're, they're showing your face, you're all sad, you're depressed, you know, and if you go early second round, you know, who cares, right? You're still going to have an opportunity to make the team, and you can go in the first round, you could end up being a bust, and uh, some guy in the second round ends up beating you out or whatever. So, you know, you don't always know, but sometimes, you know, they set these guys up, and, uh, you know, they, they go to these green rooms, whether it's college football players or, you know, basketball players, and uh, next thing you know, they don't get drafted. We saw Levis there for... Uh, Kentucky quarterback, boy, that guy had a rough night. You know, good-looking lady on his arm, but uh, she was like looking at other players that were going earlier. Well, you know, but the thing is, Ken, though, when you're when you have this opportunity, it's only going to come once in a lifetime. You know, so yeah, you might if something happens that you go later than you're supposed to, or maybe you don't get picked. You know, you're still there and you still had a you know, a great time, and you know, a lot of these guys are invited, so you know, a lot of them know. They're probably going to be getting picked from their agents, so yeah. I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't miss it. Yeah. You know, it is uh, interesting when you look at some of the guys because we remember like Bennett from UNLV and you know going to Cleveland overall number one. But there's opportunity and Zimmerman, the kid out of out of Gorman, also you know first round pick size never really panned out. Uh, you know, pressure from agents for these kids to come out of college because. The projection, okay, you're going to be a first-round pick. You're going to be number 15 to 20. We've got it gauged. That's where you're going. And if these kids come out and they're not ready, they are exposed right away, right here in July, a lot of them, in the summer league. Yeah, and I think, well, I think one good thing that's happened over the years is, you know, the rule used to be if you hired an agent, you were out. And at least now if something goes wrong, maybe a kid got steered wrong by an agent, and they don't get picked that you know they or you know they have a chance to at least you know not declare or you know pull out as opposed to when you know it used to be when you signed the dotted line you know you you're done you were done no matter what happened so you know at least the NCA did one thing right there that's one out of i don't know 400 million wrong but you know it's all good yeah they're there uh we will get 
more into the NBA draft. Andy Isco, like I said, he did make it here. We had dinner tonight. But then as we were walking in the building, PSBR Law Studios, I looked over at Isco's car and I go, AI, it's twilight out here, you know, Vegas about 45 minutes ago. I go, AI, I go, that, that, that back tire there on the driver's side, that thing's looking a little low. He's like, well, well how did that happen? I, I never, I didn't even feel anything. And I'm like, oh, you better call now, man, before, uh, you know, it gets dark. By the time we get out of studios and it's 10 o'clock, I mean, who are you calling? I mean, you know, Ghostbusters are going to come out and help you out a little bit with uh, Fix a Flat. So uh, he made a call to the old AAA and uh, they're on their way. But also Dan, our great tech guy over here, Odyssey, uh, seeing if he had, he had like a compressor set up. So he was trying to help AI out as well. So we hope to have Isco sometime late hour number one is what I'm thinking, but he'll be here for hour number two, I would think. And uh, for all intents and purposes, we're hoping that, uh, you know, everything's okay with the Isco mobile. Because Andy Isco's like, one of those guys that he won't, you know, he's like a no-frills guy. He doesn't need the nice car. He doesn't need – so AI is one of those practical guys that just, you know, is what it is. And he's like, well, I'm only going from point A to point B to point C and back to point A, so really don't need to – so not that he couldn't afford a new car because he for sure can. I know that. But, uh, you know, he's, he's just really a man that uh, kind of – stays within himself, and I'm glad I actually saw that tire because you don't want to go out to a flat tire at 10 o'clock at night after the show's over. So AI should be with us in a little bit, but we did get to take in the LSU-Wake Forest game. And, uh, Mark, I didn't know if you got a chance to watch that game, but what a pitcher's duel. I mean, both teams really struggling to get hits. Wake Forest finishes the 11-inning game, only three hits in 11 innings. LSU, two runs on five hits, and, of course, the two-run jack by Tommy White that wins it. And, of course, joking around because Tommy White was the head of the Labor's Union, 872, and uh, great sponsors for the show, SportsX Radio. So I texted Tommy. He goes, that's funny because I had the uh, the replay there of the, of the home run and uh, then the interview there. So tweeted that out. and and uh, But just, you know, good win for LSU, number five ranked team in the country. Florida, number two in the country. Wake Forest, of course, number one. And, uh, you know, Florida able to get past TCU last night. And so it'll be interesting to see. LSU and Florida go out a couple SEC teams, and I'm probably going to take a shot on the Bayou Bengals, probably get a little plus price there, and that should start up Saturday, best two out of three. Where are you going on that one, Hoekster? I would lean Florida. Yeah, there's a reason they were the number two team in the country. You did say you would play the chalk. I remember you said you'd take Florida and you would take Wake Forest. Yeah, so I'll I'll stay with Florida. Okay. All right, well, I'll I'll root for uh, Ragusa's Bayou Bengals, but that's where we are, College World Series, as far as on the men's side. I'll get to all the Major League Baseball when we come back. Uh, Orioles not in action. Mets not in action. Thank goodness. Can't handle another loss. I mean, the Mets are pathetic. Did talk to Roberto Clemente Jr. this morning and on the line there with a fellow uh, Pittsburgh guy, Steve Yurkovic, and we were talking on a conference call. And uh, Steve saying, gosh, you know, can you do something to stop this losing streak? I mean, good God, I was hoping that we'd at least be able to you know, make it further into the season. And Roberto Jr. says, I, I was hoping we could at least make it, you know, into August. And, uh, boy, the Pirates up against it. But we'll let you know, because they were play, playing the Miami Marlins, who are, you know, playing really solid baseball. And, again, beginning of the year, I want to say out of five really good guys that I know as far as handicapping baseball, three of them had the Miami Marlins win total 
under. And those guys are in a lot of trouble right now because Miami Marlins are flying towards getting their total over, just like the Baltimore Orioles. The Orioles were, what, 79? Mr. Hoke and your boys yeah. are 17 games over 500. So I'm thinking, you know, there's a good opportunity that they're going to get over. But we will tell you that most of the chalk in the baseball games today covered. However, the biggest chalk of the day, and it was big, did not. We'll let you know who that was when we come back. SportsX Radio 101.5 FMK Dawn. And, of course, if you haven't downloaded the Odyssey app, you need to do that. We stream live worldwide on the Odyssey app, A-U-D-A-C-Y. Search SportsX Radio. Search Mark Hoke Show, H-O-K-E. And Mark's show, of course, deals with professional wrestling, the best in professional wrestling, on Sunday mornings, 8 a.m. to 10 a.m. You can listen to it live, or he's got it all set up where you can get to the pod bean, and he'll let you know how you can get to his archives. Got a lot of great stuff up there, but works with a lot of the uh, different circuits as far as professional wrestling and does a great show. So SportsX Radio with producer Mark Hoke coming back live from Vegas. Keep it right here on a throwback Thursday. We'll get Isco in studio sooner or later, probably a little bit later, but we'll be right back. go it is throwback thursday with a little reggae touch a uh, little dirty heads there make me good solid song kt sending some music over to producer mark Hoke to uh get a little bit of that reggae theme going isco says he'll be here within the half hour so uh apparently everything under control i do have to hand it to krivsky now wayne's usually with us on thursday nights and yeah i thought for sure he'd be in here of course a uh, former general manager of those Cincinnati Reds, and the Reds on an 11-game winning streak, so I thought for sure Krivsky's going to be in here gloating. But he didn't make it. However, he did drop off the cookies. That's right. The cookie lady, his gal from Hotlanta, Donna, Cookie Creations of Atlanta. Folks, I'm telling you, jot the number down. Donna makes incredible stuff. So not only did we get the cookies, the Georgia Delights, and a version of uh, chocolate chip cookies. I mean, and they're in the vacuum-sealed packs, but also some brownies. <laughs> Hoekster, what did you grab? There was some other stuff in the, in that brownie uh, deal as I, well. I grabbed a lemon bar. A lemon bar. Yeah, lemon bar and a chocolate chip cookie. Yeah, chocolate chip cookie. Excuse yeah. me. No, I, I just, uh, you know, great stuff. And Kriv making it over here. He had another obligation tonight, so I don't know what it was. But, uh, you know, he was at probably some gambling venture. Now, Golf is back in action, of course, and Krivsky's been on fire. He has four cashings this year of 66 to 1 or better, Mark. Nice. Yep. And for the second time, he was able to uh, hit Wyndham Clark, and I think he got him at 89 to 1 this past weekend. That's that's nice um, coin there. Isn't that unreal? Give him some points. I mean, no doubt. I mean, so he's out gallivanting, spending some of that money, or I'm not sure exactly what, but the Travelers Championship is going now, and uh, that's the tournament, and that tournament, let me see, that is in uh, TPC River Highlands over there in Cromwell, Connecticut, and uh, that's a $20 million purse. So Denny McCarthy is a back atop the leaderboard. I don't trust him because he screwed me on the last hole of that uh, regulation. I mean, he bogeyed when I had him. I had him at like three to one because I played him on Saturday when he was leading by two strokes. So I'm like, all right, he can hold on. 
and he's there the whole way and gets to 18 and freaking bogeys, man, and then loses in the playoff. So I'm not trusting him anymore. But he's 10 under. He's got a two-stroke lead over UNLV's finest, Adam Scott, from, of course, down under. Keegan Bradley, eight under as well. So both Scott and Bradley, two strokes off the lead. Scotty Scheffler, seven under par, so three back. Scheffler, you know, in the uh, U.S. Open, I want to say, Mark, there were, I'll say, seven putts in the two days, two or three days that I was watching periodically that he missed by an inch. I mean, seven, I mean, the difference between winning and losing the tournament because he was right there for the taking, but literally just left some to where there was one that was, you know, I'd say like about an eighth of an inch over the lip of the cup. And it's like, you know, you just wanted to have all the fans start jumping up and down for that sucker to fall, but he just couldn't catch any breaks there. And usually, you know, if he's keeping it in the fairways, he's pretty good as far as putting but struggled last week in the U.S. Open. So we'll see how he fares this week. He has three strokes back at seven under. There you go. Boy, Ken, there's some interesting stuff going on in this draft. Okay, so let's... Holy cow. All right, well, let's let's get in, because you've been following it closer than I have. And let's go uh, Let's go back to the top. So we know when Binyama was taken first, and that was way back when we already knew that was going down once the lottery you know, came into play, and we knew that San Antonio somehow, some way, was able to pull it out and get that number one overall pick. So Victor Wembanyama from France went number one. Charlotte then with Brandon Miller at number two. Then from the G League Ignite right here, Henderson, Nevada, the Blazers grab Scoot Henderson. Then the Thompson Twins go four and five. Amon Thompson to the Houston Rockets. And then Detroit grabs Osser Thompson. And it's spelled A-U-S-A-R. But the uh, Thompson Twins go four and five. Orlando then drafts Anthony Black out of Arkansas. Indiana uh, Bilal Koulibaly from France, and they traded him to the Washington Wizards. It's weird because the Wizards had the next pick. They draft Jarese Walker, and they trade him to the Pacers. So it's just, uh, why, why didn't you just draft the other guy? You had the pick. I don't, uh, just some of that stuff is weird. Uh, Jazz and Taylor Hendricks, uh, Central Florida, they connect at pick number nine. Dallas grabs Kaysan Wallace from Kentucky, but then they turn around, they trade him to the OKC Thunder. Orlando Magic, they grab Jet Howard, and that, of course, uh, Juwan Howard's son played at Michigan for the old man this past year. OKC then grabs Derek Lively, the second out of Duke, and I like Lively, but they turn around and trade him to the Dallas Mavericks. Then Grady Dick wearing that uh, outfit, again, like you said, from the Wizard of Oz, uh, goes to the Toronto Raptors. The Pelicans then grabbed Jordan Hawkins, who I like a lot. Now, he went a lot lower in the draft than I thought he was going to. They were projecting him in the 20s. So New Orleans must really like what they saw from Jordan Hawkins, and I like him a lot. I think he's going to be a big-time pro, Mark, because he can shoot it, and he's got handles. Yeah, definitely a nice, really nice pickup for them, uh, You know, especially with all the turmoil going on to score him. Not a not a bad pick. All right, so let me finish up, and then I'm going to get your take on all the shenanigans that's been going on. Uh, the Hawks then draft Kobe Bufkin from Michigan. Utah gets a, their second first-round pick, grab Keontae George from Baylor. Lakers then draft Jalen hood Shafino from Indiana. Miami grabs Jaime Jaquez Jr., and I like Jaime Jaquez Jr. a lot. I think his game is going to be solid because the way he hustles – and when this guy has a, an inch of daylight, he's able to knock it down. 
Uh, I, I just like the energy that he plays with. Uh, Golden State, who, by the way, also uh, has Chris Paul now on their roster. Uh, but Brandon Podzimski from Santa Clara, from the Broncos, uh, with number 19. So you know Golden State got to watch a lot of his games there in the WCC throughout the season. Houston had another pick. They get Cam Whitmore. And Chris Wynn was surprised that Whitmore went this this low. I mean, a lot of people had projections in their mock drafts, Whitmore going in the top six. So for him to drop all the way to the Rockets at number 20, the youngster out of Villanova, I don't know why he dropped that low. The Nets then had those back-to-back picks. They take Noah Clowney from Alabama and Derek Whitehead from Duke. So that's where they went 21 and 22, and they were met with pretty good applause right there. Again, the draft taking place at the Barclays Center in Brooklyn. The Blazers come back. They grab Chris Murray out of Iowa, and that probably ticked off Kings fans because they were next in line, and they would have loved to have Keegan and Chris back together. But the Kings ended up grabbing uh, Olivier Maxence Prosper from Marquette, and they were turn around, they trade him to the Dallas Mavericks. Meanwhile, Memphis, they draft Marcus Sasser out of Houston, played for Kelvin Sampson, of course, very solid player, but they turn around and trade him to Detroit. Indiana then drafts Ben Shepard out of Belmont. you got to really do your homework to know when a kid out of Belmont's worth taking with the number 26 overall pick. Charlotte comes back, grabs Nick Smith Jr. out of Arkansas. Utah, another first-round pick, takes Bryce Sensabaugh from uh, Ohio State, and I think this guy, this kid has a big upside. Then the Vegas kid, Julian Strother, out of Gonzaga, goes to Indiana, but he is traded, as Mark told me. And then the Clippers grab Kobe Brown from Missouri, and the second round is starting up now. So uh, shenanigans-wise, what didn't you see coming, and, and what did happen in the first round, Mark, to surprise you? Uh, first big surprise to me was Jed Howard going so high. Uh, you know, watched a lot of Big Ten basketball, and yeah, he was, he's a great player. And, and he missed a lot of games, too. Yeah, it's just, you know, he's not defensively not the best. Obviously, you know, you got the pedigree there. So I'm sure Jawan was talking him up and, uh, you know, getting a chance to speak to a lot of people about his son. Uh, but I think a lot of people are pretty surprised that he went that high. On the other side, Cam Whitmore dropping that low. What a pickup for Houston. Oh, my Lord. I mean, the, the, now the stories that they were saying was a lot of teams didn't like his workouts. They didn't like his interviews. Just, you know, I guess didn't really enjoy having him around that much. But you know what? He's a hell of a talent. And in a draft like this, probably size-wise, build-wise, most NBA-ready out of any of these guys. So a great pickup there. Uh, you know, and I'm just kind of swinging down through Jaime Haka is going to Miami. I I. Do not like that. I'm sad. I don't don't want to see him in Miami because I think that's a great pickup for I know uh, for I, Miami. I, I'd have loved him on the Knicks, and I know you'd have loved him on the Sixers. Yeah, so a pretty good pickup there. Uh, then just kind of running down through here too. Uh, the Prosper kid uh, from Marquette uh, going to Dallas. Dallas was really active. They were trading all over the place. That guy uh, has some pretty good upside. I like him. Uh, Marcus Sasser, of course, a pretty solid player there. Strother going to Denver, and then in round two, early in round two, Denver made another trade, too. And let me just grab that real quick because, oh, I know who they got. <laughs> they traded for it to Indiana and uh, got Jalen Pickett for Penn State. So two, two really good picks at the end of, and beginning of the second round there for Denver. So the defending champs uh, may have scored big, and they're going to love Jalen Pickett. 
they really are. That guy can do it all. And, you know, one of one of the guys that I, I don't know if I've ever seen a player in college in the past 10 or 15 years be that successful in isolation when you know he's getting the ball and people just couldn't stop him. It was ridiculous. So Denver scores pretty big there. So, yeah, some interesting stuff going on. But the trades, I mean, I it, it's so hard to keep track of who's going where. Be, you know, guys are putting on hats and then they're getting told, up, ah, take the hat off. Got to be a little confusing. Yeah, it's uh, it's tough. I'm I, my head was kind of in the clouds today. I I knew the draft was going down. I was looking forward to it, but again, when your team doesn't have any picks in rounds one or two, you're not as into it. But of course, you want to see where some of the other prospects go. And you and I are big college basketball fans, so uh, you know most of these kids we did get to see play. But there are some from other countries, and of course the G League. But I will tell you that G League Ignite, that's right here in the Vegas Valley. You got to get out and see them. They play at Dollar Loan Center right there in Henderson, which is a great venue. I love that place. So you want to make sure you get out there because even though Scoot Henderson went number three to the Blazers, they have some other prospects. They have some of the top prospects in the country going over there to play this year. And yeah. Yeah. I, I would definitely take in some games. Yeah, that league, for you know, because I had to kind of study up on that a little bit. You know, that league is more for. You know, kids coming out of high school and stuff and even, you know, high school-ish prospects that wanted to not go to college and just wanted to play professionally. So the NBA set that league up and we're finally starting to see the kids come out of there. And, of course, you know, you're in an NBA-sanctioned league, so the teams are going to know you really well. So there's you know, definitely a benefit to that. The other uh, the other big winner today is France. So you get two guys in the top eight. How about that? I can't remember the last time we had two foreign players, and they're they're on the same team, but two foreign players from the same country going in the top eight of the NBA draft. That's pretty cool. Yeah, that is well, it's pretty cool. And uh, I remember when Tony Parker came in, and we all looked at ah, that guy's soft, and he even looked like ah, come on, that guy couldn't last a day in a New York playground. Tony Parker was a pretty tough character, and a lot of those guys, you know, you think back to that that team, Duncan, he looked like the mild mannered guy, but he was tougher than we thought, and he had some good tutelage there with David Robinson when he came in. But Ginobili was another tough son of a gun, and uh, there's a lot of chemistry on that team. Uh, and so San Antonio, another opportunity to uh, mesh some foreign blood uh, with some of the players from the States, and we'll see how they pan out because they had a miserable year. They were able to put some points up, but really struggled as far as on the defensive end and really just to win games outright. So. Wow, and Denver has got another trade going on here with Oklahoma City at 36 pick, or 37th pick. Yeah. That's crazy. They're, Denver's all over this. Yeah. See, They're not sitting back, That's man. right, and, and uh, you like to see that. And Malone did a great job coaching that team, uh, good organization, but not just sitting back, right, trying to tweak it and say, okay, we know other teams are going to come at us and, and try and say, okay, what do we need to do to take – Jokic out of the equation. Well, you're not going to ever take him out of the equation, but you're going to try and neutralize him the best you can, or at least be able to combat offensively, come back at him. And, uh, you know, it is interesting. We'll see how a lot of this goes. But uh, Hunter Tyson just went off the board, seventh pick there out of Clemson. And, uh, so he'll be, he'll be going to Denver, it looks like. Yep. Yeah, that's uh, okay. So I'm trying to see, yeah, your boy Jalen Pickett out of Penn State going to Indiana at number 32. Leonard Miller from Canada, then went to Minnesota, I believe, uh, T-Wolves. And then 
But you got the Hornets again with Colby Jones out of Xavier. I, I hate when they do that, when they put the little logos and they put them so small that you can't even see them. Now, we know most of the logos, you, you don't have to see them, but, but some of them you're like looking, going, look, what is that? You know, it's just so small. This, so you got to. This, this next pick has been traded as well, Sacramento. This is unbelievable. What, the amount of trades? The right? amount of trades that are going on in this draft is nuts. Of course, there was another trade today, too, Ken. I don't know if you saw that. I, that uh, Mr. With, Mr. Mr. Chris Paul, yeah, Chris Paul ends up going, going to Golden State. State. Right, right. And a uh, huge deal, by the way. Boy, Washington got a ton for that. Yeah, so clue me in there because I saw yeah, I, all I saw was that uh, Chris Paul ended up, and and that was the whole thing. You knew once that Bradley Beal was traded to Phoenix or signed with Phoenix that uh, Chris Paul was expendable, and we thought that anyway because Chris Paul has not been able to make it through the postseason the last two years. So while everybody there in the Valley of the Sun wants to pull hard and try and get Chris that elusive ring. Uh, you know, you got to stay healthy and be part of the part of the equation. They weren't, and you know, then when Aiton went down in the Denver series, they were done. I mean, they really had nothing there to, uh, you know, even just kind of even put a hand near the face of Jokic, and uh, they got blown out for the second straight year on their home court. This year it was Game Six. Last year, of course, against Dallas was Game Seven in that first round. But uh, yeah, so Washington gets Jordan Poole. Okay. So they get that contract off of them. And uh, they also get Golden State's top 20 protected 2030 first rounder, as well as its 2027 second round pick. So Chris Paul goes to Golden State. That's interesting, Ken. That is very interesting. I, you know, you know, we were, you know, Jose and I were talking about that, that Chris Paul really would probably be better off accepting kind of a secondary role. You know, like a six-man kind of guy. And I'll tell you what, if you're trying to win a championship, Golden State's not a bad place to go. That that def, If he's can, if he they can keep his minutes limited and keep him healthy, that's a big pickup for Golden State. Yeah, it's a, it's a nice pickup. I mean, when Chris, uh, uh, when, uh, you know, when, when, when Clay and Steph, you know, when Steph especially goes to the bench, I mean, to have a veteran like Chris Paul step out there with the second team, because he's not going to start. You know? Yeah, and and that's good for him. Yeah, that's good for him because you know he's been injury prone. So if he can not put so much wear on the tires during the season, you know, and contribute to Golden State, so you know, that, I mean, that's that's great for him. I you know that that you know that was something we were talking about, and I think that's a that's a nice spot. He, he can't complain about being in Golden State. You know, he, that's you know championship contender team right there, and. Yeah, even though the windows may be closing a little bit, but that's a nice move, really nice move. And Chris Middleton also, by the way, uh, declined his option. He is a free agent. I was rejoicing over that. Yeah, so. but over forty million too. I mean, he was going to get forty million from Milwaukee. <laughs> I'll just say this: believe that? Chris Middleton's a good player, and yes, he can fill it. He's a streak shooter. There's no doubt he can take over offensively at times, and he did that a couple times with Giannis out of the lineup. But I don't think he's worth any more than what Milwaukee's offering, and it'll be interesting where he goes because he's no. I don't think there's any place that he's going to go to that he's going to have a better opportunity to win a title. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, that's. I was a little surprised he did that too. I mean, that's a lot of money to walk away from. But he might just be tired. He's an all being player. in Giannis's shadow. That's a possibility. You know, or he just didn't like what was going on in Milwaukee and set a one out. 
of course, there's obviously a chance they'll resign him, but you know, they maybe he'll get some more money out of this. But you know, it's uh, that that's intriguing. But if he doesn't go back to Milwaukee, Ken, I think they drop back in line. They really do. So the local uh, G League Ignite team uh, from here in Henderson again, number three. Scoot Henderson goes to the Portland Trailblazers. And then with the third pick in the second round, San Antonio, they draft Leonard Miller, who also played with the G League Ignite. But then they turn around, the Spurs do, and trade him to Minnesota. So Leonard Miller is a member <laughs> of the Timberwolves. Crazy. But it is kind of kind of weird. Dra- uh, round one, G League Ignite, Scoot Henderson. Round two, third pick, second round, Leonard Miller from Canada played G League Ignite. Traded from San Antonio to Minnesota. So, yeah, tons of trades. And the cool thing is that we're going to get to see a lot of these kids, including Wembenyama, right here in Vegas. Summer League coming up next month. There I mean, go. three weeks away. Should be fun. Looking forward to that. So, uh, we'll see how things pan out. But we'll take a break. Our last break of hour number one, Ken Thompson, producer Mark Hoke. And uh, Andy Isco says he just needs to wash his hands. I mean, he, come on, Isco. Triple A was there. Don't tell me you were helping out. Isco acting like, I mean, if he comes in and even has any, you know, tire marks on his hands at all, I'll be shocked. I mean, this guy, I don't think he, I I would say over under, I'll lay minus 280 that Isco couldn't change a tire. Are you taking the over or the under? Oh, I bet he could change a tire. Okay. Yeah. No, a tire on a car. Yeah. All right. I'm. I I I, I, don't, I, I don't trust you with some with some of these bets. All of a sudden, you're like, "Hey, that's not what I said, KT." No, I, th- I talking think about it, a bicycle. I think you could change the tire. All right. Well, we'll find out when we come back. Wrap things up. Hour number one, Sports X Radio, one hundred one point five FM, K Dawn, streaming live on that Odyssey app. It is NBA Draft Night. We're going to keep you abreast. Going to get into a lot of other things, including baseball. We'll get you all those scores. We'll uh, update the finals. I was waiting for Isco to get here. We'll make sure we get to the overnights a little bit later. Uh, NFL got the updated win totals, grabbed all that stuff from the Westgate Superbook, have the um, MLB update as far as the divisions, and also American League, National League. So we'll go over all of that. And uh, looking forward to it, as I usually do on a throwback Thursday. Tomorrow, Dan Saley back in studio, going to talk the other half of the Big Ten. Uh, And, of course, this will be the final year, right, that we're going that way uh, Mark Hoke, and then next year with USC and UCLA, it's just going to be a conglomeration of all the teams, and the top two, I guess, will play for the Big Ten Championship, right? That is correct, sir. All right, good stuff. SportsX Radio 101.5 FMK, Dawn streaming live on that Odyssey app. A quick break, come back, wrap up hour number one. Keep it right here on a Throwback Thursday. Life is just a breeze and I, I am just a kite. Back on SportsX Radio. I'm just—I didn't have a mic on. That's why. Oh, I, I had it on for you a couple of times. There, okay. Well, I was, ta- I was trying to let yeah. us go know who just got in the building yeah. here that uh, there were cookies out there for him. Okay. I saw you Let's talking to Andy, so I figured I'd uh, just you get your role in there. All right. Well, good stuff. Before, before we get a like, sting. A, like a true professional would, jump in there when needed. Mark Hoke, of I course, gotcha. uh, host of the Mark Hoke Show. Great stuff. And uh, again, 
Just had one of the Georgia delights. Mark, I don't think you've had one of those. I mean, I know you've had one in the past. Yeah, I've had those. Solid, so good, solid cookie. Cookie Creations. Donna, man. Really. Cookie Creations of Atlanta. Great stuff. Andy Isco, uh, AI, our over-under was minus 280 that you could not change the tire yourself if you had to. Uh, that was way too short a price. Oh, if I had to, I might have been able to. No, no, no. no. I shouldn't, I shouldn't say if you Andy, had do to. you have the knowledge to be able to change a tire? Uh, yes, not the ability. Okay, great. That's uh, Yes, see? So the knowledge, Oakster, you were half right, man. You knew he had the knowledge, but not the ability. KT wins. Cash it in. Plus 230 on the uh, no. So KT will take that. Hoaxer? Uh, that's There's coming a, out of your. Uh, that's coming out. Of, that's coming out of your production fees, pal. Wow. Well, you're going to be getting what uh, two cents out of that? Because I think I bet a cookie crumb on that. <laughs> no, that's okay. Mark, you can take the winnings out of my pay. Done. Absolutely, Andy Isco. Everybody, thanks a lot, Andy. Screwing me over. Yeah, exactly. walks, in, walks in the studio, makes me look like an idiot. Yeah, but no, Isco. I had faith. Isco's in his ninth year here, and uh, still has not earned two hundred thirty dollars. So, <laughs> I mean. He can't even cover that bet. But I think all I earn is a bottle of water and some of Wayne's cookies. Yeah. Well, they're actually Donna's, Donna's cookies. cookies. Yeah. Yes. Well, Wayne dropped them off, so we'll give him, you know, delivery fee. Don't blame the messenger. And I, I actually got here early to pick those cookies up, by the way. So a little credit going my way. Well, a lot of credit going your way. Thank the you. The fact that not only were you here to pick them up, but that you actually saved some. I didn't open them. I didn't. I didn't open any well, of the bags. I, I know, but I didn't know that. I didn't that. touch that. You know I didn't why? Know, I'm basing it on. I'm basing it on my guy. Who's my Who's my guy from the press conference? The, the what, G- what MJF? Yes, MJF. See, <laughs> with the with Maxwell the, Jacob Friedman <laughs> wrong again. Three. No, but it's the best because he would have bet. I'm telling you, MJ. He would have bet. I'd say he'd make it minus six hundred that there would have only been two cookies left. He'd have lost. Yeah, but just uh, like what would happen if I was managing I, somebody to take his world <laughs> heavyweight championship in AEW. He would lose. We got a minute to go, by the way. Oh uh, yeah, a minute to go. All right. So uh AI, real quick. Uh so thanks for letting me cash that wager. But everything okay? The car good to go? Everything is fine and uh, you know, I ha- I don't use the trunk very often to transport a lot of things. So there's been stuff there a, a, a long time. And I forget who said it about, uh, oh, I heard it a, a couple of decades ago that, you know, you could buy a Twinkie and hold on to it for like 20 years and it wouldn't lose any of its taste. They're right. Wow. I saw you had, wait, this is the classic hoaxer real quick because I know we only have about 40 seconds. Less than that. He had golf clubs that he took out of the truck. I'm looking at Isco going, when the hell's the last time this guy swung a golf club? I mean, you got to be kidding me. Like Ed Norton on a bad like day. Oscar the Grouch. <laughs> the thing is right behind the building. It's a nice driving range if you don't mind going out and shagging your own balls. There you go. All right. We'll save that for another uh, <laughs> bit of entertainment. Sports X Radio, hour number one in the books. And uh, – We'll come back. We'll talk about uh, Andy shagging his own balls, uh, you know, right out back here. I knew that would get you. Golf yes, balls. there you go. Exactly. We are live from Vegas. 101.5 FM K-Dawn, streaming live on the Odyssey app. Trust me, folks, it'll get worse. Hour number two. Please come back and join us. Live from Vegas. We'll be right back.
Welcome back from halftime. It's just after 9 o'clock in the big city. Time to continue America's favorite Las Vegas sports show. Sports X Radio with Ken Thompson. <laughs> yeah. What up? Party's going on. Duh. Going to a party. Sports X Radio with Ken Thompson is brought to you by Hannah Shea Boyle and Rappaputi. Trial lawyers that get results. Visit PSBRLaw.com. Steiner's Pub, a true Nevada style pub with three locations one on Cheyenne, one on Buffalo, and one on the south end of the strip. Steiner's Pub. We love this place. Preventative Diagnostic Center. Book your non invasive scan today. Day for peace of mind, visit pdcenterlv.com. Rob Ritchie, Farmers Insurance, 702-335-5744, 702-335-5744. Laborers Union 872, the builders of Allegiant Stadium and the Las Vegas Ballpark, home of the Aviators. Promodirect.com, use K-10 for a 10% discount on your promotion items order. Promodirect.com, and by William Hill. Racing Sportsbook, America's leading racing sportsbook. Visit WilliamHill.us. So get ready because Sports X Radio with Ken Thompson starts now. now. All right, KT Live, PSBR Law Studios here in Las Vegas. Producer Mark Hoke behind the big board. And of course, Andy Isco has made it in for the latter part of our number one, but now here for our number two NBA draft. Round number two going strong right now. Get into that a little bit later. Uh, we're going to look at the Rich Abadjan Finley Toyota out-of-town scoreboard. Get you caught up on the baseball. Also have a CFL game going on on this Thursday and a few WNBA games. One still going. In fact, the CFL game is final, so I'll get to all these scores in just a sec. Uh, of course, if you demographically fall between the ages of 40 and 72, you know the Preventive Diagnostic Center is a big sponsor of SportsX Radio. They're now here in their fourth year in the Vegas Valley Dr. John Pearson Company. They're into saving lives, prolonging lives. PDCenterLV.com. You can go check out the website there, PDCenterLV.com. Phone number, real easy. Got the 702 down for Vegas. Jot this down, 534-7900. Again, very fortunate here in the Vegas Valley that we've got Got the only scanner of its kind in the region that gives you early detection before signs and symptoms of more than two dozen ailments like heart disease and lung disease. Talking about myocarditis, pericarditis, all these things we can check out over at the Preventative Diagnostic Center. You can call now again, 534-7900. Leave your name and number. They'll get back to you. Let them know Ken Thompson Sportex Radio sent you. Set yourself up uh, with that free educational consultation. Comfortable scan takes a few minutes. A few days later, you get a detailed report from a board-certified radiologist. We get you in the door with the greatest deal ever, and that is the heart CT scan and calcium score. That is where you can check out your ticker. Guys, making sure you don't get blindsided by the widow maker. Ladies, making sure that you don't uh, succumb to a heart attack because heart disease is the number one killer of women in the United States. All the other cancers combined, heart disease exceeds it as far as taking lives from our women here in the States. So take advantage, heart CT scan and calcium score, $125, $600 value, significant other, absolutely free. The two of you get in there, $1,200 value total, $125 to get those hearts checked out. While you're there, they're going to let you know how you can get all your organs checked out. It is so important to be proactive 
Nobody else is going to do that for you. And you've got an advantage here in the Vegas Valley. So that means if you're flying in from out of town somewhere or you're coming in town anytime, look at your schedule and try and set yourself up. Make a call and say, hey, can you get me in? I'm going to be there, you know, these five days here in October. Do you have anything open that I can get in to the Preventative Diagnostic Center? It is not far from the Strip. It is so worth it. Take advantage of it, especially if you're coming from somewhere where you may not have the best medical facilities because this is top of the line. And so they don't even have one of these in L.A. or Phoenix, and those are two pretty good places as far as to get medical treatment. But right here in the Vegas Valley, Dr. John Pierce has it all set up, 534-7900. Early detection is key. Get peace of mind. Take charge of your health. The Preventative Diagnostic Center right here in Las Vegas. Andy Isco, great to see you on this uh, throwback Thursday, and I'm glad everything working out there as far as the car. But uh, baseball, not a lot of games going today, but, man, we've got uh, some teams that are playing some pretty good baseball. Now, San Francisco got shut out 10 nothing today. Blake Snell, you and I were talking about it during dinner is back to the Blake Snell, the lefty we remember for the Tampa Bay Rays. He has really put things together. And San Diego, pretty fortunate that he has because the Padres overall are struggling. They're struggling to score runs. They did put up a 10 spot today, shut out the Giants 10 nothing. That short circuits a San Francisco Giant 10-game winning streak. Very impressive by the G-men. And what a job Kapler's done. There were a lot of naysayers when he got hired as that Giants manager. Yeah, and uh, they got to the playoffs a couple of years ago, 100-plus wins. Fell back last year, which was not unexpected considering the progress or the improvement that they had shown in uh, 2021. And now they are looking more like the uh, 2021 team this year as far as that goes. And San Diego, you know, you talked about uh, uh, the uh, the pitching that they got today from Blake Snell, who's, as you point out, in as good a form as he's been since his Tampa Bay days. Uh, they've also gotten very good, so- solid starting pitching from Michael Waka. Musgrove, who missed the first part of the season, has pitched well, and even you, Darvish, has had his uh, his better, more of his better days than bad days. His numbers are pretty good. The bullpen has been a disappointment, and really, if you take a look at the way they lost those two games, uh, not uh, well today they won, but last night and the night before, uh, they had leads. I think they got walked off uh, in in both games. I know one of them was I think in the tenth inning, and the last night may have been in the uh, in the ninth inning, and uh, they. If it weren't for St. Louis, who I think is the most disappointing team in baseball this year relative to expectations and what we're used to seeing out of the Cardinals, Padres have to be right up there, even more so than the, the Mets. The Mets, they were, uh, they're expected to do very well. There's still you know, almost 90 games remaining, uh, but it was, not, uh, it was not surprising that Verlander, and in this case and rather than and or Scherzer, have had injury issues this year already uh, that would uh, uh, stunt their development because once you get past those two starters, there's really not a lot uh, to recommend as far as the Mets starting uh, uh, starting pitching goes. Uh, Carrasco, who might be the number three right now, also missed a significant number of starts this year. So the Mets are disappointing, but at least there's a lot more of an explanation for their disappointment than for St. Louis and the Padres. And as we talked about during uh, dinner, uh, let's see if the old uh, end of winning streak or losing streak theory holds true and see if the uh, Giants will lose again tomorrow night uh, in their in their contest. That's right. Remember KT's uh, bit of wisdom there as far as if you're betting when a streak gets to eight or more, when it ends one way or the other, win or loss, whatever that result is, that same thing happens the next time, more times than not. 
And so we'll see the Giants losing after a 10-game winning streak. They are at home against Arizona. We'll get to the overnights a little bit later. You use eight games as defining a streak. yes. I use five, and the reason I do is that's once, actually six, once through the rotation. So if the guy who started the losing streak and they haven't won since and he loses again in his next start, that's when I consider the streak starting. Yeah, so, but I, I, because I don't just use it in baseball, I'll use it in basketball, I'll use it in hockey. Any of the sports that you're playing a lot of games. Yeah, but football, I don't really use it unless it gets to like six or more. Yeah, I don't even use it in football because it's only a weekly sport, so I don't even look at it that way. To have a week to be able to combat something, I, I really don't uh, look at that you know, the same way, but I get it. You know, but the one I, thing I don't do, I shouldn't say I don't do because there's always exceptions. And I was going to say, I try not to predict when a streak will end unless – I like that team for reasons other than, oh, they'll end their streak. In other words, there have to be fundamentals. Like Blake Snell tonight. Yes. In in fact, my play tonight was not as much a play against San Francisco, which in itself would have been guessing an end of a streak. It would have been a play against Alex Wood, but the stronger part of the play was the play on Blake Snell. Right. He's been pitching that well that it was worth it, and you got a better price on him because San Francisco's playing so well, of course. No doubt. Uh, Mets, to me, still one of the most disappointing teams right there with the Padres. I agree. I mean, to me, they're neck and neck. Padres, I thought, you know, with all the moves they're the making. They got the Cardinals in there, too. Yeah, uh, but the Cardinals pitching staff we knew was suspect. With the Mets, their payroll, that's what freaks me out. I mean, I look at their payroll, and every other payroll com- pales in comparison. You, they're spending, you know, $270 million more than the Oakland A's. And Lindor has struggled. It's been pathetic, no doubt. Uh, Alonzo's been, you know— a bright spot. His average not great, but he hit the uh, the IL for ten games. But still, when he went on there, he was on fire and was leading the league in both homers. Had another and home run yesterday. That, yeah, that brought him back. He's he's solid. They didn't I, win, but they brought him back against Houston. I think Escobar's a, a waste of time. I mean, I like McNeil, uh, Tommy Pham. I'm okay with him and uh, and Nimmo, but the rest of those guys to me. You know, there's, there's Starling Marte. It'll be I interesting mean, to see what the Mets yeah. do at the trade deadline because I have heard some rumors about Tommy Pham. Well, you know, like uh, back in the day, like George Carlin would say, trade the whole team. I remember that uh, it was funny because he did that little skit and then the Mets actually did make a trade for this guy, uh, I think about a year and a half later. I think it was like in 1971 or something where Carlin was like, there was a trade today in Major League Baseball, the New York Mets. Acquired outfielder Willie Mays from the San Francisco Giants in exchange for the whole Met team. Giants were also received three Eskimos, two Kangaroos, and and whatever it was. I mean, it was just making And the fun. Mets did make that trade, but they didn't have to give up the whole team. No, they did not. And uh, they did get Willie Mays to a World Series against those yep. swinging A's they lost in seven games. All right, uh, let me go to that Richard Badge and Finley Toyota out-of-town scoreboard, get you caught up on what happened today. Major League Baseball 5-1 to Atlanta takes care of business against Philly. Uh, that game won extra innings, and right? Andy, did that game go extra innings, or did they get uh, all the runs in no, the ninth? No, ten, 10 innings. 10 innings, It was 0-0 okay. zero, zero going to the 10th. Right, 5-1 is what it ends up. Atlanta One of the worst calls, uh, Kyle Schwaber misplayed a, a single uh, in the outfield uh, that was clearly an error. Oh, yeah. And uh, uh, he they dropped did not it. charge it. Yeah. He drops the ball, and they, they, yeah, they, they didn't give him an error. They gave it a double. Pathetic. I did some research because I thought I was going to find out that the official scorer's name was Jeffrey Schwarber, but I couldn't quite find who the official scorer was. But there, there have been a lot of controversially bad calls. I th- you may have talked about last night the catcher interference call that occurred two nights in a row. 
one in the White Sox-Texas game, I think it was two nights ago, or maybe it was in the San Francisco-San Diego game two nights ago, and a White Sox-Texas game last night, and both calls were uh, hideous. And they're really making, uh, Mark Hoke way in, they're really making a big deal on that 45 feet as far as with the, you know, to stay inside the baseline. I mean, they're really, you know, scrutinizing that more this year than we've ever seen. Yeah, I'm not sure what what the stress is on that, but yeah, they're doing it. And the catcher interference calls, man, I'll tell you what, I, it, if, when you think back to the days of you know guys like Johnny Bench and Carlton Fisk, and and they they'd be flipping out if they had to follow these rules. And I, and I get why they're there. You know, you're trying to avoid any catastrophic injuries at the plate, but that's stupid, man. If we went if we went to robotic umpires, right? I mean, all robots out there. What do you think you get somebody like like Billy Martin or old Lou Pinella? I mean, they 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 would take those things out. <laughs> those things would be disabled by the fourth inning. Well, you can't you couldn't debate balls and, balls and strikes though. I mean, unless there was something just egregiously happened. You know, and and I'm going to tell you the way some of these guys are umpiring in the last couple of years. Don't be surprised if you have robots calling balls and strikes. In. Andy, we saw in the LSU Wake Forest College World Series game. I mean, LSU ends up winning, but there was a three-ball, two-strike pitch that was so bad, and the guy got called out on a strike. You and I were looking at it, going, "Are, are you kidding me?" There's been an umpire, uh, Casey Moser. If that name sounds familiar, he was a fill-in umpire when, when umpires would go on vacation, or whatever they need to call them up from AAA. He was a fill-in umpire. I want to say for about ten or eleven years, and he was umpiring. Uh, I, I forget what he was. He was, was so affiliated with one, may have been Kentucky or Vanderbilt or something like that. In any event, I was watching uh, the game the other day, and he was calling some strikes that were very, very hard to believe. You would have had to have been like Randy Johnson at the plate in order to hit the ball that he called a strike about, uh, you know, a foot above the actual player's shoulders. Uh, and uh, I don't know if he was umpiring tonight, but there were some calls that uh, uh, someone who, uh, someone at the bar where we were having dinner. Uh, who was a casual baseball fan, uh, just happened to be watching. He said, that's not a strike. Speaking of having dinner, I mean, when Eric Gregg was getting older in his heyday, I mean, if that guy, if it was like a five-run game or more, everything was a strike. Because that guy, dinner was calling. Oh, God bless him. Yeah. <laughs> he was I like Eric Gregg. I loved him with the little punch out. Philadelphia's <laughs> own. He is a piece of work, no oh, doubt. By the way, Ken, real quick, before I forget, okay. I got something i got to throw out real fast. All right. Did you know the Calder Cup finals wrapped up last night? No, I did not. Now tell me, Hershey won their thirteenth Calder Cup. Cup number twelve is thirteen. No, uh, twelve is it's it twelve? Okay, in the case wow. in Chocolate Town, baby, the Hershey Bears knocked off Coachella Valley in the eighth. That's the and AHL championship, got, and they all got kisses after the game. And but well, but what a series this was! Well, by they the way. they were down two games to none too. I know they yep. tied it up at two. That's apiece. Ser- this is you know, and, and because I you know grew up going to a ton of Bears games. I kind of keep an eye on Did this Did you stuff. go to the Bears games or you go there for like a free chocolate bar? No, I went no, right. because I loved watching the Bears. They lost the first two games in Coachella Valley, 5-0 and 4-0. They go back to Hershey, win two games in overtime. All three games were one-goal games. So they go up 3-2. They get back to Coachella Valley. They lose 5-2. They were down 2 nothing in Game 7 Took it to overtime, win it three to two, and win wow, the championship. That is awesome! Crazy series. Did you get to see it the last game? I did not get to see it. I was doing SportsX Radio. Oh come on! Now don't blame it on SportsX Radio for of the love I, of God. I, I'm going to blame it's horrible. 
But I, but I just want to say, of course, because the Henderson Silver Knights All are right. in the AHL, yep. you'll get to see a champ, another hockey championship hockey team come into town. You know, when the Bears show up here to play the Silver Knights, the Hershey Bears, gotta love it. All right, the, good the, stuff, Hoekster. Yeah. So I just, I just, I almost forgot that. I'm sorry, to interrupt I know, the baseball. That is great. Game. That is well worth the but being great series. No problem. Crazy series. I really thought they would do away with the E and just have them called the Hershey Bars. That wouldn't that make sense? No. This is the oldest hockey team outside of the original six in the United States, in North America. All right, so, so so this so is don't you're not screwing with the Hershey Bears. <laughs> I got to tell you, man I, I I don't know jack about Facebook. I mean, I've been on it for a long time, and I have you know Facebook. So because I go back and forth to Phoenix, where I have a house there, and and Vegas, right? So I went to you know I hadn't done anything, so I go to edit the profile. So I put like yeah in Phoenix, you know, because I'm in both places now. So, I mean, there are, like, people contacting me left and right that I haven't even talked to for for years. And they're like, oh, is everything okay? You moved to Phoenix? What what happened? Vegas, they, they kick you out of there? And I'm just like, wait a minute. No, I'm still here in Vegas, nearly full-time, but I go back and forth to Phoenix. So I was trying to get that in there, but I didn't realize it probably, like, took it out that I'm no longer in Vegas. <laughs> That's one of the uh, negatives with AI. Not, I'm not referring to myself, artificial intelligence there, that they sometimes make assumptions that aren't true, that because you were in Phoenix or you made some comment as opposed to them detecting you in Phoenix because of GPS, they interpret it as you were now living in Phoenix. Well, at my age, I'll take any type of intelligence. Yeah. Uh, so so I apologize for interrupting the baseball talk. No, that's okay. That was good stuff, and we needed to get caught up on the Calder Cup. We bring it all to you here, SportsX Radio. Uh, let's go back real quick. We had 5-1 Atlanta over Philly. Uh, Nola started against Elder. Both pitched really well, got no run support. We talked about Blake Snell in control his last, I'd say, what, seven out of eight starts, Andy? He's been solid. That sounds about right. All right. Uh, somewhere in that neighborhood. 10 nothing. They shut out the Giants. And, of course, the G-men been red hot. Alex Wood started. A pair of lefties going. But Blake Snell, there's a reason he was a minus 142 at the Westgate Superbook. Total was 8.5, and, and the Pods put that over by themselves, winning at 10 nothing. And then Pittsburgh, again, talked to Roberto Clemente Jr. this morning, and another member from uh, Pittsburgh was on that conference call and saying, hey, RJ, can you do anything about this nine-game losing streak? He goes, yeah, I'll do what I can. And lo and behold, the Pirates had a 4-1 lead going to the bottom of the eighth in Miami. And Andy, what happened? Uh, five runs were on the board for Miami, and uh, they uh, held them out in the top of the ninth. 6-4 six, uh, six, win for the uh, surprising the second place. Miami Marlins. Yeah, 10 games over 500 and a team that had been 11 games over, but still a team that, again, three out of five baseball experts that I talked to prior to the season had this team under in their win total. And they are in a world of hurt right now because Miami's well on their way to going well over their win total, as are those that anybody that played against those Baltimore Orioles, Hoekster and I tried to tell you, hey, <laughs> It's one of the best advantages uh, we th- we saw was 79, I think the uh, win total was, Mark. And we said they're definitely going over 500. So we, we felt they'd be at least 82 and 79. And I'm looking now, I'll be surprised if they don't win 90 games. They're, they're, they're on a pace to win exactly 100 games. Are they really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. They best win 90 then. They best yeah, win they'll 90. be fine. And they best finish ahead of the Yankees so we don't have to hear Scalia. Well, keep in mind, you could argue that the American League East is the toughest division in baseball. And with the readjusted schedule this year, you don't play teams in your own division 
18 or 19 times. You play them 12 or 13. So those are 12 or 13. That's roughly 50 games that the Orioles don't have to play. Well, I'm sorry, reduction of about six. So that's about 24 games that they don't have to play the other four teams in the AL East. There you go. All right, real quick before we take our first break in hour number two, Cleveland, no problem. Logan Allen on the hill. They beat the A's. So the A's win seven straight. Now they've dropped seven straight. 6-1 the final game stays under. That's seven and a half by the hook. Joe Ryan in control, beat Boston 6 nothing. Red Sox, game. Yeah, and Red Sox have been on fire, but Joe Ryan's been the answer for Minnesota more times than not. They're the only team in the plus run department in the AL Central. Uh, Ryan going off a minus 140 total was 9, so the game stays under, but 6 nothing. Twins get the win. And then the biggest underdog on the board, I told you, a lot of chalk came through today winning, but it was Kansas City, and they were plus 300 at Tampa. McClanahan got hurt and left, what, in the fourth or fifth inning, Andy? Uh, Fourth inning with, uh, I want to say it was a shoulder issue. I'm not sure. That is a major blow for the Rays. And, of course, in our little bet, Krivsky's got Texas and Houston. You've got Toronto and Seattle. And KT's got Baltimore and Tampa. So Back I can't, injury. Yeah, oh, boy. I can't use All right. So hopefully McClanahan will be all right. But he went off a minus 335 at the Westgate Superbook. Game goes over the total 7.5. But Casey gets a run in the ninth and wins it. By a score of six to five, Seattle in control. Uh, Brian Wu on the hill there for the Mariners had a no hitter. I think into the sixth inning they beat the Yankees ten to two. Bronx Bombers getting both their runs in the bottom of the ninth. Andy, that helped your fantasy play. Yeah, uh, Kiner Falafa with the uh, a home run. In fact, Seattle Seattle scored four, two, two, and two in the first four innings of the game. And the Yankees, I think, were no hit into, I think, the sixth. sixth yeah, or seventh I, I, I just like Connor Falafa. It sounds like a dessert. So, yeah, it almost sounds like waffles. There you go. And 10 to 2, though, Seattle with the win, well over the 7.5. And, and then Arizona behind Tommy Henry. They win again in Washington. The Snakes in first place. The Giants in second place. Those two will tangle this weekend. 5 to 3, Arizona beats Washington. The one CFL game. 30-6, to six, no problem for the Lions of British Columbia. They spank Winnipeg, beat the Blue Bombers on their home gridiron. And then uh, it's all final now, WNBA three games. Of course, the Las Vegas Aces defending champs with the best record in the league, only one blemish thus far, but Connecticut rolled at Minnesota 89-68. The total was 158, game hits 157. Connecticut easily covers the four, 89-68 the final there. Washington, the Mystics go into the windy, windy city and bury the sky. Laying one and a half, they win it by 21, 80 to 59. Game staying well under the 155 and a half. And Indiana, nice road win, beat the Seattle Storm 80 to 68. That total 164 and a half never got close. Hit just 148, but Indiana, three point underdogs, wins it outright 80 to 68. SportsX Radio, one segment in the books, hour number two, Ken Thompson, Andy Isco. Follow Andy on Twitter at VegasAndy711, at VegasAndy711, at Ken Thompson87, at SportsX Radio. The archives are put up with no commercials by 11 o'clock Pacific time, and you could go to both those handles. Uh, the show will be twi- uh, pinned right there on those two Twitter handles. And then Mark Hoke is at Mark Hoke Show, H O K E, and of course his professional wrestling show, Sunday mornings, 8 a.m. to 10 a.m. right here 101.5 fm k dawn streaming live on that odyssey app as well and the odyssey app also has a rewind feature that can help you get back in case you miss any of the shows we are live from vegas we'll be right back KT always likes that. Kind of mellows me out. I'm like one of those ADD people that didn't know what ADD was, nor did our parents. But uh, 
little bittersweet symphony, and that is the uh, reggae version with Olifik and Johnny Cosmic. Uh, good stuff. So had Make Me by Dirty Heads, then Press Play by Iration, and a little bittersweet symphony, Olifik and Johnny Cosmic uh, on the reggae side of things. Ken Thompson, producer Mark Hoke, spinning the hits, and uh, Vegas Andy 7-Eleven, Andy Isco, uh, the logical approach. Uh, dot com AI is here now. These guys, they're baseball purists. They both love baseball big time. Of course, Mark Hoke, a big time Orioles fan. They were not in action today, so no Orioles magic song. That, of course, is theme that we play that Monday through Friday whenever the Orioles win a game. So they'll be back in action again. We'll get to the overnights in that final segment. But I do have the updated division odds courtesy of the Westgate Superbook. So let me go to it with the guys right now. The Atlanta Braves, and this is, uh, boy, this is this has got to be way off. What is this, plus 1,100? Yeah, this is definitely a mistake right here. It must be minus 1,100 on the Braves. Minus 1,100. Yeah, that would make sense. Uh, Ken, my, if you got a paper that says plus 1,100, I run do. to the bank, man. I, it's a paper, unfortunately. Ah. I do have a paper that says plus 1,100. I'd like to get there and... Uh, Slip right in there and talk to my my pal there, Arthur DeCesar, at uh, Risk Management and say, hey, uh, I'm going to risk uh, 10000 right here on plus 1100 on the Atlanta <laughs> Braves to win the East. Uh, but then the Miami Marlins are plus 1400 Phillies plus 1600 Mets plus 1800 And the Nats are plus $20,000. If you put $100 up, you would get 20000 back. Unbelievable. And just knowing that the Mets and Braves started the season, Andy Isco, both plus 125. Yeah, that has to obviously be minus 1,100. I'm trying to think if there's anyone there worth playing. Uh, Miami, 14-1 to 1 to win the division. Can't Boy, do it. Can't, I can't yeah, do it. really can't do it. Um, although uh, we talked during dinner, wouldn't it be interesting if we saw the championship series between the Marlins and the Diamondbacks, two of the biggest surprises of the season thus far. You could throw the Giants in there as well. And the Cincinnati Reds. In fact, Cincinnati, you'll get to them in a moment uh, when you tell them what the odds were back at uh, in January when the division odds came out and what the odds for Cincinnati to win the NL Central are today. Yeah, there's no doubt. Uh, right now in the NL Central, the Cincinnati Reds are plus 275 to win the division. They are in first place in the NL Central. They are sitting at 40 and 35, a game and a half ahead of Milwaukee. Milwaukee's the favorite at plus 110. And then you've got plus 620. Tell, tell them what Cincinnati oh, was. Cincinnati at the start was of the beginning season. of the year plus 8,000. So $100. 80 to 1. 80 to 1. $100 would have got you 80 to 1. Anybody that played that, that's just to win the NL Central. Uh, Pirates were plus 10,000, and that looked fat about uh, 10 games ago, but now the Buckos have dropped 10 straight. While the Reds have won 11 straight, so the Reds have gained 11 or 10 and a half games in an 11 game span. That is absolutely unbelievable. Uh, the Chicago Cubs right now are plus 625. They started the season plus 700. They are sitting in third place, 36 and 38, just two games under 500. The Buccos, with that loss, their 10th in a row, drop to 34 and 40. And then the Redbirds, the Cardinals, 31 and 44, nine games back. And Andy, plus 1,200. I agree with you. I think the St. Louis Cardinals, even 13 games under 500, I think there is value there at 12 to 1. I I just can't see it. I mean, go back to the start of the season. St. Louis was the favorite in the division, minus 110. Second was 
Milwaukee at plus 140, and then there was a drop-off to the Cubs, who were third choice, at plus at 7-1. to one. Now, you look now at the Cardinals. They are nearly double the plus 625 of both Pittsburgh and the Cubs. That would make it at plus 1250. They're plus 1200 right now, so 12-1. to one. I just don't see the talents on this team. It's a team that is really underachieving. I'd, I'd, I'd more likely play the Mets at 18-1 to one to win the East than I would play St. Louis at 12-1 to one to win the Central, even though the competition is tougher in the NL East. Not me. What about you, Mark Hoke? Who would you take? Would you take the Cardinals or would you take the Mets? Because I don't think there's any way the Mets pass the Braves. No, I wouldn't take either of them. I'm telling you, out of the two divisions you've mentioned so far, yeah, I might be willing to throw a flyer on the Cubs, to be very honest with you. Plus 625? That's not a, it's not a bad team. I mean, they're you know, kind of getting things in sync a little bit. The division stinks. Yeah, well, no, that's, that's, why I'm, that's why I'm saying there's still value on the Cardinals. Uh, Jordan Montgomery, Jack Flaherty, Miles Michaelis, I think, Adam Wainwright, and Libertor. Not a great staff, but you expect it more from the first four guys, and they have not delivered if those guys can indeed hold their own. You still have Arenado and Goldschmidt leading that offense. Yeah, I still I think they're too far out. I think they're too far out. I think right, they're I'm, very poorly managed as well. Yep, doesn't look good right now. Now, in the West, this is interesting as well. Let me uh, go That's to the, the best division right now in the National League, easily. Yeah, it's it is uh, good stuff. Let me go back to the West right now. Arizona, forty six and thirty, they lead the division. Giants by losing today, bust their bust their ten game winning streak. They're nine games over, a half game ahead of the Dodgers. Both have thirty three losses. Giants with forty two wins, nine games over. Dodgers eight games over, forty one and thirty three. Padres do get that win over the Giants to pull it back in within three games of five hundred. Thirty six and thirty nine, nine and a half back. And then the Rockies bringing in the rear. No hope for that team. 17 and a half back. Here are the odds to win the NL West. Jo- uh, Dodgers, still the favorite, minus 140. Padres, plus 1,000. So bet 100, you win 1,000, 10 to 1. Uh, Diamondbacks, plus 300. They were plus 2,000, 20 to 1 to start the year. Uh, Giants are plus 475. Uh, they were plus 2125 to start the year. And then the Rockies are uh, plus 20,000. Same place they started the season. And I will retract my selection of the Cardinals or the Mets at the current price. I still think at 10-1, to the Padres. They're just looking at the talent, looking at the way their starting pitching has gone and that lineup. Uh, I, we're not seeing the Dodgers playing like the Dodgers of old. They're, they're clearly down offensively. The pitching, not as good. And, well, I give Arizona an awful lot of credit. I don't know if they have the staying power to, uh, to win 95 games, which is what it might take. Padres, they still have about you know eighty-five to ninety games remaining. I can, I think they can have a strong second half if they stay healthy. I mean, you always say if every team stays healthy, but I just think the depth on San Diego uh, allows them to probably survive injuries a little bit better. Although they have more ground to make up right now than the other teams do. So eighty-five games left for the Diamondbacks, uh, or eighty-six. Uh, what, what do you think on Arizona, Mark Hoke? Where are you as far as that division? Arizona plus three hundred. It's tempting. They're 16 games over 500. They still have a lot of in-division play left. So I, I agree that the Padres look tempting, but I'm not taking a shot on the team. Not that I don't think the pitching's getting there. We talked about Blake Snell, but the hitting has been absolutely anemic, and this team has trouble getting men on base. So when they do hit the long ball, and they've got several guys that are capable, you know, there are a lot of them are solo shots. And again, the place where they're playing, Petco, is not a hitter's park. Yeah, I still lean Dodgers in this division. But I, I think Arizona's playing well enough to get to have a shot to get to the playoffs. San Diego, I mean, they those guys could catch fire any at any point. But 
winning the division right now, you know, same situation. They're nine games out, you know, like the Cardinals. But, you know, the thing about the Cardinals is, is they're just playing dismal baseball, so I I don't like them. Do I see the Padres? Yeah, maybe. Yeah, maybe. Tell you but, what, the Giants, nine games over. Yeah. Big three-game set with Arizona coming up at San Francisco. Not buying. Giants take two out of three or sweep that series. All of a sudden, you know what? You're talking about being a half game back if they sweep that series up there. Plus 475 is tempting, but I'll stay away. But that would I, I'd look at the Giants and I'd look at the Diamondbacks before I looked at the Padres. Only problem with Arizona, I don't think I could play them at plus 300. Yeah, it's, it's, it's not good enough. Yeah, I agree. It's, it's not tempting enough. Okay, so let's jump to the American League. AL East, uh, Rays 4.5 over the Orioles, 9.5 over the Yankees, 10 over Toronto, and 12 over Boston. The odds right now, Tampa's minus 750. The Orioles plus 900 to win the division. To me, 9-1, to one, when you're only 4.5 games back, that's tempting. Uh, what's the update? Is Mullins back yet? Uh, he's on rehab. Okay, so. so uh, yeah, not- he and Mountcastle are okay. both going to be back shortly. Uh, Yankees are eighteen to one, as is Toronto, and then Boston is plus ten thousand to win the division. My goodness, and Boston's still two games over five hundred. But of course, Tampa Bay is uh, won two thirds of their games. They're fifty two and twenty six after seventy eight games. Very impressive. I'd, I'd clearly. I think look the at, Orioles. I'd look. I'd look at either Toronto and or Baltimore. Those are. I think those are fair prices on both of those teams. I know you. Got, I know you're sold on Toronto, Andy, because they're one of the teams. I get it. They're they're bats, but I'm not sold on their pitching. Uh, Mark, where are you on Toronto? I, if I were just feeling like throwing money around, I wouldn't mind throwing a little money on Toronto to come back and win this thing. Toronto I, plus eighteen hundred. Yeah, I mean that's, I, ten games back. It's a long way to go, but to be honest with you, I I just have a feeling Tampa Bay is going to drop. Well, now I, with McClanahan. With the back injury, that is key, Andy. Yeah. That is key, and that's why I think Baltimore is a team that's right there to take advantage of that. And at 9-1, to one, with a team only four and a half games back, Hoekster, I know you're— not a bad bet. I know when it's your team, though, sometimes you're like, ah, because it seems far-fetched. Why? Because they're ahead of schedule, right? They're ahead of schedule based on their farm system, what they did last year, what their win total was this year. All of a sudden, you didn't expect them to be 17 games over 500, nor did I. I expected them to be probably five, six games over 500 right around now. Around now, yeah. I, I might agree with that. I, I, I would, if I were throwing my early said I think Toronto's a decent bet, and I agree, Andy. You know, Baltimore would be a, a decent bet right now, you know, given you know what you're going to get out of it. Well, so. considering where the Orioles are playing, I think uh, – uh, you know they are effectively second to favorite at nine to one, and you know they're basically saying at, at minus seven fifty for Tampa Bay. They're ba- they're basically saying Tampa Bay can't get caught. And again, it's a tough division. You don't you don't play as many games against your opponents as you did in the past, as I mentioned before. But you're still playing. Uh, let's say let's say thirteen. You're still playing f- fifty to fifty two games uh, within your division. Now, of course, I I don't have the breakdown of how many games each of these teams still has left against each other in the American League East. But, you know, to ask a team uh, that's not that full, what did you say, Baltimore is behind the— uh, Four and a half. Yeah, that that somehow to me, you know, I would say it would be a stretch on Baltimore if they were coming off a 65-win season. They're not. They showed a lot of improvement. Now, I've maintained all year, and I still think it'll happen, but it may not, that they'll regress this year. But the fact is, uh, I don't think Tampa Bay, or let's, I don't think Baltimore should be that big of an underdog considering they had the experience of playing so well as they did last year, and so far they've carried it over this year. 
There you go. So McClanahan is listed day-to-day right now. We'll see what happens with the back. But they have Glasnow, Eflin, Taj Bradley, and Chirinos as far as their starters. So uh, Foucher right now on the DL as well from their bullpen. And, you know, we'll wait and see what happens with the Orioles as far as a couple players like uh, uh, Mountcastle and Mullins that Mark was talking about, both still listed on the I.L. as well as James McCann, but they're not worried about McCann with Rushman there. Uh, you know, so I, I'll tell you what, Gibson, Kramer, Bradish, Wells, Cole Irvin, I like the I like the starting five and I uh, love Cano out of the bullpen. Of course, Batista's done his job closing the door. So I think the Orioles, there's value. And of course, KT's birthday, 918, Orioles 9 to 1, Blue Jays 18 to 1. And uh, guys think there's value on both of those. AL Central, uh, Chicago Bill, I mean, this, this White Sox team's getting ridiculous. I mean, it's hard to watch these guys. Right now, Minnesota's in first place. They're at 500, only a game ahead of Cleveland. Both have 38 losses, but Minnesota's 38 and 38. Cleveland's got the two games in hand, 36 and 38, a game back. Uh, C wins Tigers, four and a half back. White Sox only six back, 12 games under, but only six back. And then the Royals off the charts, uh, 16 and a half. <laughs> they don't even have odds up. They're, it's off the off. board. I swear, off. Off. Right, right. that's what it's, it's like. What are you, serious? Uh, White Sox are plus 1,200. Guardians plus 250. Twins are minus 215. And the Tigers, C win, plus 1,900. For a hundred, so nineteen to one. AI, any value there? Uh, I know we keep looking at this White Sox team, but I just I I don't see this team making a move. They haven't done anything all year. Of course, we don't know what teams will believe that they are in contention and need a player or two before the deadline. But based upon the way the rosters are right now, uh, I I I really can't find any team worth playing in the division. I mean, at the price, Cleveland, Minnesota, almost a toss-up, so you're basically getting 50-50, and I don't see that either team is going to finish that much above 500. Right, but I would only take Cleveland at plus 250. I wouldn't lay 250 with Minnesota. No, I wouldn't, I wouldn't lay 250 yeah, with Minnesota, sure. but uh, I'm not all that thrilled with uh, with Cleveland either. Uh, the White Sox, their pitching just has uh, – Dylan Cease has not had the kind of year that we expected of him. Uh, Lance Lynn is getting old. He's still capable, but look at Lance Lynn's ERA over six Kopech's and a half. has been good at times, but not, he's, he's, not run Yeah, support. Lynn just struck out 16 guys the other yeah, night. Yeah, uh, he's career playing, high. He's pitching yeah. well. But his ERA over six and a half, and he's putting on a base runner and a half per inning. Uh, Clevenger, uh, he hasn't been all that much, and he had been injured. Kopech is the one who struggled early. He had a run of about four or five really good performances, and now he's just been you know, average the last uh, couple of, uh, of starts. And Giolito is showing signs of coming around, but uh, the, the offense does not excite me for the, uh, exactly. uh, the White Sox. Now, I mean, supposedly there's not, there's not, a, there's not an Kansas offense in that, lead, in that division that excites no. me. No. I mean, if you took all five of those teams, I don't think you could put an offense together that would excite me. Yeah, but I would be care. I wouldn't necessarily count Cleveland out of this. No, thing no, yet. I would say Cleveland's yeah, the only team I would take value yeah, wise plus two. Yeah, but they, you know they've they've just been so off from and you know they were young and they've regressed a little bit, but you know second half of the season you know right. they they caught fire last year. This is about where they were last season. All right, real quick before we take our final break, the AL West right now Texas is minus one thirty. They were plus fourteen hundred, so fourteen to one to win the AL West at the beginning of the year. Degrom, the guy they went out to uh, strengthen that starting staff, he is out for the year, but they're still minus one thirty, sitting at forty. Let me see where they at. Uh, they are sitting at Texas, forty six and twenty eight. So eighteen games over, five and a half ahead of Houston, six ahead of the Angels, nine and a half against uh, ahead of Seattle, who's uh, one game under five hundred still, and then Oakland off the charts. Uh, Houston is plus one ninety. 
after the Rangers are minus 130. Then you have the Angels plus 600 and Seattle plus 2100. Isco, you have Seattle as one of your two teams to win the AL. So I would think 2100, 21 to 1. You, you should take that. I might very well do that to, uh, to win the division. I like a lot of their uh, uh, pitching staff when I take a look. Uh, Luis Castillo, who came over last year and helped make that playoff run, is having a very, very solid year. Uh, George Kirby, a young kid, has been pitching very well, as, uh, as well, barely allowing a base runner per inning. Uh, Bryce Miller had those sensational starts, then got hit hard a little bit, and then seems to have settled down in his last, uh, last few starts. Uh, Logan Gilbert has been a solid performer for much of the year as well. And the offense is sneaky, uh, is sneaky capable. I'm not going to judge anything on tonight because I, you know, every team's going to have a game like that where they just put up all those runs. Uh, but looking at those odds, the team I don't like at these odds are Texas at minus 130. Just a, a lack of experience and not a very good uh, rotation. Evaldi has been good, but not as good as he was, say, uh, a month and a half or, or so ago. Uh, Martin Perez has been up and down as far as his uh, ability. Oh, it's nice to have a good left-hander. The one who's been really solid this year has been John Gray, who uh, I think a lot of us remember from uh, his struggles way back when in Colorado. He's actually had a very, like Gray. A very like good John year. Gray, yep. And uh, Haney, Andrew Haney, uh, now that he's finally staying healthy, is being able to be a fairly decent pitcher in ERA, just slightly uh, under four. But I don't know that they have the uh, staying power. Uh, the Angels at 6-1. to one. Oh, I'd like to get a little bit more on that. So I think Seattle at 21-1, to one, considering they were a playoff team last year and they do have this nice young pitching staff and a very underrated uh, uh, lineup, uh, I would think that they would be I – would, I would like to have seen the Angels more at like 9-1 to one and maybe Seattle at 15-1 to one as far as those numbers being fair – uh, the fact is that at, at six to one, uh, I don't think the Angels are, are that long. Uh, should be longer than they are now, and I think Seattle should not be as long as twenty-one. To there one. you go. All right, a quick look at the baseball updates. Uh, one more segment to go. PSBR Law Studios is where we are on a Thursday night tomorrow. The Friday football fiasco. Talk a little bit more Big Ten, and uh, don't know who's going to be in hour number one, but I do know that Dan Saley is going to be here, and he may be here for the entire show as we talk some Big Ten West and uh, catch up more on the Big Ten East because there was a lot to talk about and we didn't get into all of it last week. NBA draft, uh, we'll update a little bit, but i got to tell you, Monty Bates, I think, is a steal at number 49 for the Cavaliers. And then at number 51, the hometown uh, Brooklyn Nets, because that's where the draft is over there at the Barclays Center. Jalen Wilson from Kansas at number 51. I like Jalen Wilson. I think this guy's going to be a big-time player in the NBA. Uh, Jalen Clark went number 53 to Minnesota out of UCLA and Sacramento on the clock as they're almost done with round number two, the NBA draft nearly complete. Ken Thompson, Andy Isco, Marco, come back, wrap things up live. PSBR Law Studios in Las Vegas, 101.5 FM Dawn, streaming live on that Odyssey app, A-U-D-A-C-Y. Download it now. We'll come right back. We'll wrap things up on a throwback Thursday. Keep it right here. Today is going to be a good day, and I wouldn't want it any other way. I've got my number one lover right beside me, and she holds the key to my safe. Well, there are six vibrations to be made, uh-huh, and a pattern that I only designate, uh-huh. A little revolution coming back on a throwback Thursday, a little reggae version there. Uh, KT with Andy Isco and producer Mark Hoke as we wrap things up. Got about five, six minutes to go. Uh, AI, real quick on the AL West, you wanted to get in that you thought there was value with the Houston Astros plus 190. Yeah, the experience of uh, what they've had. Now they do have a little setback with Lance McCullers, who uh, has some issues. We don't know if he's even going to pitch it all this year. He was expected no, he's to, out be, for the year, I think. Yeah, to be back uh, 
uh, around this time, but uh, he had a setback. Uh, but, you know, Valdez and uh, Javier and uh, some of the other young pitchers, and, of course, they still have a very potent lineup and a very, very good bullpen. So uh, I would uh, forget the fact that one is favored and uh, the other is the underdog. Uh, I would switch it around. I might still make Houston the minus 130 and Texas the plus 190 based upon the experience. And, again, we have more than half a season to go. There you go. All right, Texas right now with a five-and-a-half game lead over the Astros, six in the loss column. So that a look at baseball real quick. Let's jump over to the overnights as far as Major League Baseball. Pittsburgh and Miami, Ortiz and Lazardo. Lazardo minus 175, eight the total. Andy, anything on that one? Uh, I like the way Miami's been playing, so I might uh, lean a little bit that way. I mean, again, you don't want to go, you know, and say when a streak is going to end, and this will be the day for Pittsburgh. I just think Miami fundamentally is playing much better right now. Mark Oak, anything on that Pittsburgh on that 10-game losing streak? I couldn't even bet on Pittsburgh right now. There you go. Bad team. Yeah, might, might look at laying the run and a half with Miami. They're playing well in Pittsburgh, trending the other direction. Uh, Atlanta uh, against Cincinnati. Weaver on the hill, not the best, but, uh, you know, this team's on an 11-game winning streak. I don't want to step in the way, but, uh, you know, the Braves, what about it, Andy? Uh they're favored minus 150. I don't think I could lay that against Cincinnati, even though I like Atlanta. But they had to go extra innings tonight. Cincinnati resting tonight. So, you know, it's uh, it's hard not to look at the Reds. Well, I don't put much into the extra innings. He only played one inning, so it's only about five or six batters. But uh, uh, Lou Weaver, not in very good form at all. He's putting uh, last three starts over two base runners per inning on there, an ERA over 10. Uh, but I can't lay the price with Atlanta. I don't like betting against a hot team. But the question is, can I support the hot team? Not sure I can get there today, although making them an underdog, you know, they're playing with confidence. They find ways to win. No doubt. Mets with Senga. Philly with uh, Taiwan Walker, former Met. Walker minus 118, nine the total. Not going to touch the Mets right now. They're a train wreck. I'd only look Philly. What about yeah, you? Uh, Walker's in very, very good form right now for the uh, for the Phillies. So uh, I will likely play them. It's certainly the only side I'd consider. Mr. Hoke? Yeah, Ken. Once again, don't bet on bad teams. Yeah, well, you told me, Ken, don't don't panic about your Mets. They're going to be fine. They'll be I don't great. Know. They're starting to really, yeah, exactly, starting to get a little annoying. Next now. time you listen to KT, he knows his Mets. Uh, Corbin, Musgrove, Petco, Washington at San Diego. Pods minus two sixty five eight the total. Too big a price, but uh, I could only look Padres minus the run and a half. But they're not scoring a lot. But I do like Musgrove at home, Andy. Yeah, uh, maybe I look at Padres. Well, maybe I look at uh, the under. Well, I don't know if they have a team total here for uh, Padres uh, for the game. But uh, I'll tell you what Krivsky would do. He would go Padres, Giants, money line parlay. He would take the Giants with Logan Webb against Arizona, even though the Diamondbacks are in first place because Zach Davies is not a good pitcher. Yeah. But Logan I, Webb I, is I, I would fire. say, yeah, I mean, I, could either, I don't know if I'd want to lay the run and a half with San Diego, but if I played him, that might be the way to go or put him in a parlay, even though – you know, they'll probably go off closer to 3-1. to one. Hoaxer, anything on those? Uh, maybe go over. Go over the 8 on yeah, Arizona, yeah. San Fran? Yeah, why not? Yeah, why not? What the hell? All right, Kansas City off the uh, extra inning win today. Uh, they'll take on Tampa Bay tomorrow. Eflin minus 284 the Rays. Granke or Kansas City, 8 the total. I think that's too much to lay on Tampa. Uh, Granke can come in with a good effort. Uh, let me run through the other ones. AI He's been and roughed you... a little bit, so maybe Tampa Bay's one I would put in the parlay with San Diego. All right, yeah, I'm going to run through them, and then AI, you just let me know if you like anything. Maeda for Minnesota. Wentz for Detroit in Detroit. Maeda minus 142, eight and a half the total. No line out yet. Dunning and Schmidt, Texas at the Yankees. We'll see how that line comes out. Gilbert for Seattle at Baltimore. Gibson, Gibson minus 118, eight the total. 
Oakland with uh, Caprillion against Bassett for Toronto. Bassett minus 310, 9 the total. Boston Bellow, White Sox, Giolito, Red Sox, White Sox, South Side, uh, Boston minus 112, 8.5. And, and then the three interleague games, Milwaukee with Miley uh, against Bieber for Cleveland. Cleveland minus 146, 8 the total. Angels with Sandoval against Colorado at Coors Field with Freeland. It is Sandoval minus 160, 11.5 the total. And Houston will throw France against Sheehan for the Dodgers, who was solid in his outing. Last week, uh, Sheehan minus 158.5, the total. Boy, that's too much uh, to lay there against Houston. And, of course, the signers trip on Saturday, Houston and the Dodgers. But, AI, anything on those games? Uh, what did you have the Milwaukee-Cleveland game at? I had uh, Cleveland minus 146, eight the mind, total. Wouldn't mind laying that with uh, Bieber. I might take a look at Gibson over Seattle. Might look under in the White Sox-Red uh, Sox game. There you go. I'm thinking we're going to hear some Oreo magic music, so I will look at the Orioles tomorrow, minus 118. On and what did you say the line on the Dodgers was? Dodgers are minus 150 against Houston. I'll, I'll have to take Houston. There you go. All right, great stuff. Miss any part of the show? Archive is going to be up in about 40 minutes uh, tomorrow, the Friday football fiasco, and uh, we'll get some baseball in there as well, get you set for the weekend with Dan Saley in studio. Till tomorrow, you know the rules. No drinking and driving, no texting and driving. Most of all, God bless our troops. God bless you live from SportsX Radio Land over here at the PSPR Law Studios. It is Ken Thompson. It is Andy Esco. It is producer Mark Hoke. God bless, folks. Love you. Talk to you tomorrow night. Have a great evening. Good night, everybody.